0: Looking for the latest on the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies? Yeah. We've got you covered. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the Sports Zone.
2: Hans Olsen, Scott 97 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. So, Quinn Snyder didn't make it a full season without getting back on the bench. Now the head coach of the Atlanta Hawks. To help break it down, Brad Rowland, part of the Locked On Networks, host of Locked On Hawks. Kind enough to join us. Brad, how are you? Hey, Brad. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. So, again, uh, things went south. There's a job opening in Atlanta. How surprised are you that not only was it Quinn Snyder, but Quinn Snyder takes over before the season comes to an end.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm more surprised about the timing than him actually being a high-profile high, a high profile candidate and eventually the hire, just because I think the Hawks would have been silly not to call Quinn Snyder at some point in the coming you know weeks, months, etc., but because it's basically unprecedented for a coach to come outside the organization this late in the season for a team that's still trying to win now, it uh, definitely wasn't a surprise at the, uh, the timing at all.
1: How difficult a situation is Atlanta in right now? How pressed are they with their roster situation and Trey Young and everything that's going on? How pressed are they to make the postseason and not only make the postseason, but make something out of the postseason this year?
0: I think there is some pressure for sure. And a lot of it's internal pressure. I think this is a, this is an ownership group that's been uh, very, you know, hands-on and they've, they've pushed certain things and they, they want to win now and, The Hawks made a big, splashy trade uh, over the summer to get DeJounte Murray, and uh, at least as of right now, that has not benefited them with regards to their win-loss record. It's basically the same as it was a year ago. I think they were hoping for and planning for better than that. I think, honestly, in a weird way, bringing in Snyder almost takes some heat off of them right now because you could say, look, this is going to be our guy for the long-term and uh, maybe this is just not the entire focus, but on the flip side of that, you've now brought in an established head coach, and clearly all the messaging is they still want to win now, and that's part of why they wanted him to come in so early. So there is stuff with some pressure. I think to be realistic is important, and not like be uh, trying to plan a parade anytime soon. But certainly getting uh, getting into the plan, getting hopefully out of the plan if you were the Hawks, that'd be a pretty decent um, result after this season, and sort of the way it's gone so far.
2: How coachable is Trey Young?
0: a great question. I think that uh, you know there are some questions about that. Generally speaking, uh, he's not had the best record of uh, being coachable in his two uh, in his two coaches so far. Granted, it was kind of one extended regime. Uh, Nate McMillan came in as an interim. He seemed to take better to Nate than he did to the previous coach, and I do think that Trey Young has gotten probably too much heat for what transpired and, and having Nate McMillan not be there anymore. Certainly he is part of it, but I don't think that he was going in, you know, demanding for a new head coach or that he was uh, sort of the only problem with the Hawks. But anytime you are the best player, and I think just to be realistic in the NBA, if you are clearly the best player on your team, you're always going to get a lot of uh, attention, both positively and negatively. And if if back-to-back coaches get fired during the season, as the Hawks have done the last two and a half, three years, um, he's going to get a little bit of that as well. And he, he's definitely a unique guy. He has a lot of confidence in himself. And I think that this will be the first time in his career where he's going to be coached by someone who I think uh, kind of commands a different level of attention and respect and the investment from the organization. I think the Hawks made it very clear. And hiring Snyder and paying him a boatload of money, that he's going to be there no matter what. And they're not going to be able to have him be run over by Trey Young or anybody else. So maybe that dynamic be a little bit different this time around.
1: I feel like this is tough timing in the East because that East is so difficult right now. They've got two of the best teams, I think, in the NBA that sit at the top two. And that's a really um, competitive conference right now. So with the Quinn Snyder hire, with potentially Trey Young settling down a little bit, and everybody coming together, DeJounte having a little bit more time, how capable is this team in the East?
0: Yeah, I think that, number one, this this roster, I think, is better than the, than the results have been so far. And I wouldn't put all of that on Nate McMillan, but certainly I don't think he was the best man for the job. I don't think he was making a huge positive difference either. And I think if you kind of just adjust for what this team should be in the pecking order, they should be a little bit higher. At the same time, this team is not as good objectively as teams like Boston and Milwaukee and Philadelphia I think that I hope that they know that at this point and you know maybe down the line that they have some more internal growth they are still pretty young across the roster which definitely helps for the future but you know presently I think it's important to have real um, I would say manageable expectations and not to suddenly think that they're going to be able to beat Boston in a series or people walking in a series. You know, the middle of the East is more open. I think the teams like, you know, Miami and New York, and those teams are certainly in the same realm as, as Atlanta, and they could pro- I think probably reasonably believe that they're as good or maybe even better if they have um, sort of everything together than those teams. It's just that top tier is really hard to crack, especially right now, given that we've seen 60 games of this Hawks team, and they've been 500 so far.
2: Quinn Snyder was on that staff uh, several years ago. Was that something that – did the city appeal to him? What was it about the Hawks, in your opinion, that attracted him to that job? Because let's be honest, there were probably going to be a lot of suitors at the end of the season for Quinn Snyder's services.
0: Yeah, and that's part of why uh, I was a little surprised on his end that he took the job now. Not not that it wasn't a good offer; they're paying him a lot of money, and I think that you know part of it is that the Hawks do have a pretty appealing roster. Not every team has a superstar in place. No matter what you think about Trey Young, he does he, he does have that cachet of being a star level player, and they have pretty good depth on their roster and it's a big city you know quinn has been here before like you said i think i think he liked it I I, I I would hesitate to ascribe too much to that he was only here for a year you know yeah. eight years ago i can't imagine that was the entire reason why he wanted to come back but um he's close with kyle Corver, who is the hawks number two in the front office and uh you know they all admitted that kyle was the one that reached out and made the first call in the last couple of weeks to quinn Snyder. i'm sure that sort of was at least part of this but i think it was just a combination of a lot of different things the hawks were the only opening and if you wanted to be Maybe cynical, you could say, "Look, maybe the Hawks thought when they moved off of McMillan that maybe part of that was to try to get Quint Snyder now and kind of move quickly and beat the market on him." Um, and on Quint's side, on Snyder, I should say, he maybe could have waited and potentially got a uh, gotten a more appealing job. But the Hawks made it very easy on him. They definitely kind of offered him all of what he could have wanted—a long-term deal for a lot of money. He's going to have some front office say, "What I understand," so uh, it is a pretty appealing package. I know it, um, it's definitely a little bit weird that he took took the year off and then didn't actually finish the year off, as I'm sure you guys have talked about a lot locally out there in Utah. But uh, it's definitely a situation where the Hawks kind of had the full-court press on Snyder, and that that was part of the reason why he's coming.
1: You know, Brad, covering these teams and getting close to the players and getting to know some of the assistants and things, you get a feel and a read for their expression and some of their emotions. I'm curious, what read did you get from these athletes or what read have you gotten through interviews or anything in particular on their level of excitement or dismay or discouragement or whatever it is on the Quinn Snyder hire. How excited or not excited are they or what read did you get from them?
0: It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison.
1: Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today.
0: I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, it it seems like everybody is in a good place with it. You know, clearly, you always have to have your guard up because when, when a coach has announced, there's always going to be a positive sheen. And the Hawks just won two games in a row with an interim coach before that. I'm sure that improves the mood around the team, generally speaking. So I never want to ascribe too much to it. But they seem to be pretty happy. Trey Young was upbeat about it. DeJounte Murray was upbeat about it. They're all saying the right things. And I think that a part of the appeal of Snyder is that he does come with a pretty proven track record. You know, if you're if you're the Hawks front office, you can go to your team right now and you're in your roster and say, look, This is by far the best coach available, the most accomplished coach available. We went out and got that guy for you guys to make this team better and make this team a contender sooner rather than later. Um, I think that's a pretty good pitch to send, especially with a guy like Trey Young, where Quinn played point guard at the college level and had a group relationship with Donovan Mitchell by all accounts. Uh, Donovan reportedly has said some nice things to Trey about Quinn Snyder in the last couple of days, so I'm sure that all appeals to them too. Um, I always have my guard up for sure this, at, at this early stage, and if they lose some games here, maybe that will change. But I think that uh, generally speaking, the mood is pretty good around here now.
2: Back in 2015, the Celtics got a first-round pick um, for Doc Rivers from the Clippers. Uh, were you surprised that there was no compensation with uh, Quinn Snyder still under uh, contract? A little bit.
0: I, I, as soon as that started getting out, I was poking around to uh, some people that you know I know in Salt Lake City and kind of just saying, look, what's the, what's the mood? on whether the Jazz are going to try to hold this up and maybe get some competition, because if you're in the Jazz, you could have done that. You would have been well within your rights to do that. It's a little bit different in that he wasn't actively coaching. Mm. Obviously, if it had been a little bit different situation, I think the Jazz probably would have pushed harder if he was you know, still the guy, obviously, going into the summer or something like that. But because he had been away for a few months, maybe it's one of those goodwill gestures. I'm not sure if it would have been a first-round pick. Immediately I was thinking maybe a second round or something like that, something to give Utah a reason to say yes. But I think if you're in the Jazz, also you could um, he was going to be on a contract in a couple of months anyway. Uh, maybe we'll just kind of let this go. But it was definitely uh, interesting because I was expecting at least a more consternation. And on the call I made, it was like, no, they're just going to let him go. I think so. It was pretty uh, cut and dry. And I'm not sure why they did why, why they did that on Utah side if I could held him up a little bit more because the Hawks were not going to say no based on competition for him. I don't think at this point in time. But uh, in the end, it was a more amicable amicable uh, release, I guess.
1: So, Brad, through this whole process where Atlanta's firing a coach and hiring a coach and, and going through this, it felt like Trey Young was just unsettled. And listening to different conversations with him and, and kind of going through this whole process, it felt like he's unsettled. Was that all about this coach, or is Trey Young unsettled about other things?
0: I think it really has to do with the team not performing um, above all else, and part of that is maybe not being thrilled with the coaching staff, and I think Um, And generally speaking, as you guys probably know, the coaching staff is the first sort of uh, line of defense that takes the blame when things don't go well in the NBA. That's just kind of how it always is, especially when you already have a star in place. Um, But I I think Trey, for all of his faults, and he has some faults for sure, he's not the most natural leader in the world. He's definitely um, a guy who kind of marches to his own beat in a lot of ways. He does want to win. I think the Hawks, going into multiple seasons now, two years in a row where they had expectations that were very high and then falling short of those, it kind of just creates this atmosphere not only not only for Trey but for a lot of guys where there's just not a lot of fun being had and I think McMillan uh, I think by all accounts the voice kind of went silent for McMillan like no one wanted to listen to him anymore and that's kind of a natural progression in the NBA but I think again long story short I would put it all not not all but most of it on the team just not winning games maybe internally players thinking that there was a better way to do things and that not being the way that it was going and that kind of breeds that resentment and frustration.
2: Well we certainly appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us and uh, enjoy Quinn. He's a, he's a he's an interesting player or interesting coach to cover for sure. There's uh there's good days and then there's rather interesting days. So it should be uh it should be a fun roller coaster for you guys.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm like taking notes from guys like Tony Jones and David Locke, who I who I know well. So hopefully they'll have some players for me on how to cover Quinn in the future, but I appreciate you guys having me.
2: You got it. Brad Roland joining us. Uh part of the Locked On Networks, Locked On Hawks. Uh, with Sportsline as well, All, a lot of different services. So big, big thanks to Brad for joining us right here on 97.5, the KSL Zone. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything.
0: It was violent. It was senseless, and I will never understand it. I will never accept it.
2: Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.